This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the Internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn and via satellite Eurosat 16A on 11.512MHz vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east, symbol rate 29,950 mega per second, standard DVB-S2, modulation 8PSK, audio PID 510. We wish you good reception conditions. Hello, I'm Lakamira Simeon with the news, the headlines. The state budget bill and the social insurance bill will be debated in Romania's parliament on Monday. The Romanian Agriculture Minister Petre Daia is participating on Sunday and Monday in the meeting of the Agriculture and Fisheries Council in Brussels and a 29th edition of the Gaudamus Book Fair organized by Radio Romania ends on Sunday. The state budget and social insurance draft laws will be debated in Romania's parliament on Monday. The final vote is to be given in the plenary sessions of the two chambers on Thursday. The state budget for next year is based on an economic growth of 2.8% and a revenue increase of 14%. The budget deficit is forecast to increase by almost 4.4% of the GDP, And the main novelty is the increase to 2.5% of the defense budget. The state budget for next year will allow, according to the authorities, an increase in pensions by 12.5% and a minimum wage of 3,000 lei, about 600 euros. According to the document, the ministries of defense, development, agriculture, transport and education will receive more funds. The fields of energy, justice and health will receive less money. The opposition criticizes the government's budget bill and announces that it will submit amendments in parliament. The Romanian agriculture minister Petre Daia is participating on Sunday and Monday in the meeting of the Agriculture and Fisheries Council in Brussels. According to an agriculture ministry communique, The meeting's agenda includes important aspects for the Romanian agricultural sector, such as the market situation, the strategic plans of the CAP, animal welfare, and fishing opportunities for next year. The ministers are discussing the progress of the new EU forest strategy for 2030 and the actions taken at EU and national level. At the same time, the ministers will debate the current situation of the market in the member states. The main issues related to the energy and fertilizer crisis, the high prices of production factors, as well as the pressure that the crisis exerts on both farmers and consumers. Also, the European officials will tackle the strategic plans included in the common agricultural policy in the context of the current situation in Ukraine and the new challenges facing both the agriculture and fisheries sectors. 
The 29th edition of the Gaudamus Book Fair, organized by Radio Romania at the Romexpo Exhibition Center in Bucharest, comes to an end on Sunday. Starting on December 7th, approximately 200 participants offered the public a varied range of editorial products on different supports, suitable for all ages and fields of interest, music and educational games. For the first time, two spaces dedicated to interactive activities for the youngest visitors were set up within the fair. All stands were also found in virtual format on the gaudamus.ro website. The honorary president of this year's edition was the writer Anna Blandiana. The EU member states reached an agreement on Saturday regarding the unblocking of a financial assistance package worth 18 billion euros, which will be granted to Ukraine in 2023. Ukraine can count on the EU. We will continue to support Ukraine also from a financial point of view as long as it's necessary, shows a press release from the European Council. The proposal was adopted by the Council and will be presented to the European Parliament to be adopted next week. On Tuesday, Hungary vetoed the package proposed by the European Commission. The EU countries participated in emergency negotiations on Saturday in an attempt to reach an agreement on capping the price of natural gas at the December 13th meeting of European energy ministers. But they remain divided over the plan. Twelve member states, including Romania, Belgium, Italy, Poland and Slovenia, are pushing for a significantly lower cap on the price of natural gas across the Union. The latest proposal, according to Reuters, provides for a cap if prices exceed 220 euros per megawatt hour for five days at the natural gas futures quotes of the Amsterdam-based TTF hub, where reference prices are set in Europe, gas to be delivered the next month. And when the prices are higher by 35 euros compared to the world average price for liquefied natural gas, it is a lower level than the limit of 275 euros per megawatt hour proposed by the EU. But the 12 EU member states say it is still not low enough. The French team, the defending world champions, qualified for the semi-finals of the World Cup in Qatar on Saturday after defeating England 2-1 in the last quarter-final. Also on Saturday, the Moroccan national team became the first African team to qualify for the semi-finals. And that's the news. This is Radio Romania International Broadcasting from Bucharest. Sunday Show Hello, we are Diana Vujo and Julia Hau, inviting you to stay tuned for a review of the most interesting shows aired by Radio Romania International's English section over the past week. The cultural highlight of the week has undoubtedly been the Gaudamus Fair, organized by Radio Romania. The most famous book fair in the country has returned in a physical format after two years of pandemic. 
200 participants had offered the public an extremely varied range of editorial products on different supports suitable for all ages and fields of interest, music and educational games. The fair has just come to a close. Reporting is La Cremiara Simeon. More than 600 editorial events have been announced, including book launches, debates, autograph sessions, performances and workshops, as well as other projects. For the first time, two spaces dedicated to interactive activities for the youngest visitors have been set up within the fair. The honorary president of this year's edition is the writer Anna Blandiana, who said that such an event helps readers and authors discover each other. She spoke about the importance of the public radio station as organizer of the event, Anna Blandiana. I think that even from the very first time I went to a Gaudamus fair, when the fair consisted only of few tables with books in the foyer of the radio concert hall, I thought to myself, what a wonderful idea the people at the radio had to start a book fair for the simple reason that book fairs are generally organized by publishers, associations, publishers who are interested in organizing them in order to sell their books. Well, Radio Romania has no interest of this kind. It is, in this sense, the most soulful fair, if I can say so. Actually, I was even asked in a radio interview, what is the difference, in your opinion, between the Gaudamus Fair and other fairs? I had never thought of that aspect, and I remembered this thought from the beginning, that it is a fair that has no material interests, that the radio is just a great cultural institution, and that the basis of culture is reading. So the only interest of the radio is for people to read books, said the honorary president of Gaudamus, Anna Blandiana. The role of books increased during this period of Turmoil says, for his part, the president, general director of the Romanian Radio Broadcasting Corporation, Razvan Dinko. Probably in these moments, with all the threats at Romania's border, with what is happening near us, with what has happened in the last three years with this terrible pandemic which has affected the entire world, people feel the pain and try to find comfort also in reading books. And if they do not have access to other forms of comfort, such as art, culture, in written form or otherwise that could alleviate these pains, I think that books have an even more important role, said the president of the Romanian Radio Broadcasting Corporation. The book fair initiated and organized by Radio Romania is financed by the Ministry of Culture. That was La Cremiara Simeon with a report on the Gaudamus Book Fair, which has just closed its doors. Now, Julia will introduce us to one of the most highly acclaimed uh, artists in Romania, Dan Perzhovski, the guest of our program today. Dan Perzhovski is one of the best-known Romanian contemporary artists. He employs humor to create ingenious drawings and graffiti that convey profound messages. His art is a firm yet gentle criticism of society and has been exhibited in museums and galleries all over the world. From Tate Museum in London to the Modern Art Museum in the New York City, including the more recent Documenta in Germany, 
one of the most important contemporary art exhibitions. Dan Perzhovsky has gained international reputation. In his own words, he creates a piece of art in 30 seconds, but only after 30 years of training. I met him last week in Bucharest at the launch of his latest book, Grateful to be in the last documenta. We had a little chat. I was curious to know what Perzhovsky thinks about the role of art in society. Art, art should be honest, it should say what actually is out there and go beyond the constructed superficiality of today's world. However, it's more complicated with art. Why should art do more than it already does for society? Why shouldn't the army do more? Or the ice skaters? Why not football? I mean, football is watched by billions simultaneously. They should also aim for a social impact, yet they cannot display the rainbow flag. In my opinion, art has, indeed, a true social value. But this is my way of seeing things. Not everybody thinks the same. Football could perhaps convey ideas in a more understandable format. Art can, however, be quite hermetic and codified. Well, you don't understand football if you don't know its rules. Moreover, you can watch 20 people chasing a ball, or you can see two structures that have a history, a context. Each character has a role. What role, where it has evolved from, what country, what influences, what globalization means to football. So, if you want, you can make a very interesting and complex story out of a match. There are not only racist slogans displayed or chanted on stadiums, as there was also the slogan, Save Roshia Montana. It depends on how we look at our lives. They can be much deeper than they appear to be, if you want to live in a deep, meaningful world. Nonetheless, art has a role. It plays an educational role, for example. Theoretically, I'm trained to grasp deeper meanings of this world than you. This is not a value rating. It's just that I have trained my mind and eye muscles to do so. Not everyone has the time or the inborn talent, biological setup to do that. So if I stand a chance, I try to offer it to the public. However, this happens with everyone and every profession. What are the three most important problems art in Romanian society should tackle? Poverty and the lack of confidence in the future, which also comes from poverty. People say we're heading in the wrong direction and nostalgia arises that we were better off before during communism. Wrong. Our lives were much worse. So art could perhaps give people a utopia, a future, a hope to believe that the world is better and thus it will become better. Secondly, there are huge disparities in society and this is unacceptable. For example, a city as rich as Cluj should not have a patarut. It's simple not at all complicated. Neither should Bucharest have a disadvantaged district like Ferentari. That doesn't mean such districts should be wiped off. Thirdly, we fail to work in teams to come together and create platforms. And this is obvious. Migration is one of the recurring themes in your drawings. I've recently read about the possibility of Romania becoming a country of interest for migration. Do you think we are ready for such a change in our mentality? I first thought of this question when I saw one of your drawings on the wall in the western Romanian town of Sibiu. 
reading I am not exotic, I am exhausted. Yes, that's something the whole planet identifies with at the moment. Romania is for the moment a transit country. We're just a passage route. That's the result of being poor. Berlin was the most interesting city for artists while it was bankrupt. Now it's not because you can't afford to pay the rent anymore. So as long as we're poor, we're not a destination country. The better life we have, the more we become a target. That's the price we have to pay and we should pay. There has always been migration and westward movements. We go to Spain, Pakistanis come to us. And in general, people who have been under the bombs come to us. We haven't seen here a war to make five million people flee their own country. Just imagine what it is like to see a city like Aleppo in Syria reduced to rubble. I mean, you can understand why these people are coming here. Due to our geographical position, we have always been a passage route that has been very much to our own advantage. So this should not scare us at all. On the contrary, it should make us happy that people are coming here People who want to work to earn a decent life, just like we've done before going abroad. Integration is even more difficult. Go to Sibiu, for instance, and see what the locals say about the people from Oltenia, for instance, who are, quote, invading the city. So theoretically, we're not ready, because we haven't made the necessary efforts to change, but we're not bad either, as we are friendly, calm people you can talk to. However, efforts are being made, especially in the field of education, in schools where pilot projects are being developed. Sometimes you have the feeling they can only see the tip of the iceberg, that something is not working smoothly. But if you look at the younger generation, young people are more colorblind, so to say. They are not burdened by post-communist problems any longer. Anyway, it is worth making the effort. That was Dan Perzhovsky, the guest of our program today and one of Romania's most highly acclaimed contemporary artists. You are listening to Radio Romania International. And now here is Eugen Nasta with a report on a unique museum in Romania, the Trovans Museum in Visit Romania. Let's take a listen. We're heading towards southern Romania today and we're hitting Vulcea County. We're about to visit a unique museum. It lies outdoors, it is open round the clock, and is very easy to access if we take the very national road winding nearby. The Trovance Museum Nature Reserve in the commune of Kostesht was founded in 2005 by a governmental official act and in the last 17 years quite a few tourists have stopped by. Researcher Florin Stoikan is also a custodian of this nature museum. He will be telling us what exactly the Trovans are. They are biological formations the ordinary people perceive as being a couple of stones, as some sandstones from a geological point of view. They are grains of sand that have been cemented through the circulation of liquids while calcium carbonate dissolved in them that link those grains of sand, making a sandstone. So practically, it is a layer of sand that has been cemented. In this area, there was, more than six million years ago, a delta where the river brought from the continent these sandy sediments, these conglomerates, these forms of gravel. 
Had there been enough solutions, had the solutions been concentrated enough, the entire deposit of sediments would have been cemented and would have formed a big bank of sandstone with conglomerate layers. Yet in this case, for various reasons, there may not have been enough solution. The time span may not have been long enough for the cementing to occur. Or there was not enough concentration for the cementing. Cementing occurred only in limited perimeters, around several growing nuclei. Around a grain of sand, other such grains were added. They stocked one another according to the solutions that were running through that permeable rock and, layer after layer, these shapes have been formed, spheres, ellipses, combined, complex shapes of all sorts of possible varieties. The Trovance Museum was founded in 1996, just as it is now, by the Faculty of Biology in Bucharest as a result of several practical study trips. Later, since 2005, it has been taken over by the Kogayon, an association that seeks to preserve biodiversity and geodiversity. Here is researcher and custodian of the Trovance Museum Nature Reserve, Florin Stoikan, once again. A great many members of the association are nature science students. Many of the members are geologists, myself including, and we use this reserve for an educational, scientific and recreational purpose. We also supervise the Buila Vunturaritsa National Park, which lies nearby, so the reserve is much more accessible. You can go there anytime in all sorts of groups, from children to elderly people. We use it as a departure point for the ecological education targeting the protection of nature. Tourists come here all the time. The reserve is open to all the people who may be passing by. There is no admission fee. Nobody is posted there permanently to look after the visitors. That was Eugen Nasta with a report on the Trovance Museum. Among the award winners in 2022, billboarded by the French Academy, was Romanian Anca Vasiliu, who now holds the Grand Prize for Philosophy, which is a Lifetime Achievement Award. Reporting is Kalin Kotsoyu. The researcher, who got another award from the Academy in 2013 for her work, The Image of the Self in Late Antiquity, was born in Bucharest and left for France in the early 90s. Before that, she worked at the Institute of Art History. Right now, she works at the Léon Robin Center for the Research of Ancient Philosophy at the University of Sorbonne, Paris 4. Anka Vasiliu told us that the transition from art history to ancient philosophy was natural. While studying art history in Bucharest in the late 1970s, I chose as my field Byzantine culture, since Byzantine art is very closely tied to the thinking, the theory of image, and the old culture of antiquity. It was inevitable that, starting from the language of image in the Byzantine and medieval world, I would turn towards texts and to study patristic texts and early Byzantine theology, and to try to understand its provenance, obviously. So, in fact, it was a starting point for the transition to philosophy, which was my venue in the French academic world, and was natural, as I was preparing my PhD. In fact, it is not a clean break, it is a continuity. 
I am not far away from that in the area I study now, that of ancient philosophy and late antiquity philosophy. The things I'm tackling are issues that I studied in my early education, because they deal with aesthetics, perception, with defining the visual and the visible, with light and optics, with the issue of image, of forming image through language. All these were themes I had started dealing with when I was training and doing research in Romania. So there is a continuity. Things fell into place naturally. We asked Anka Vasiliu how she adapted to university rigor in a niche area of research once she settled in Paris. She said that she did so slowly, but with determination. Adaptation was slow. This is a very demanding environment, and this motivated me. In fact, it motivates all who really want to have a profound professional training and who are passionate about what they do. It is also a niche area, which takes a lot of work, a sort of option for an extremely reserved and isolated inner life. When you write a specialized philosophy book, you should not expect big sales and attract a lot of readers. However, in France, philosophy is a visible discipline which still attracts lots of young people to our area ancient and medieval philosophy. We have a lot of PhD candidates, many options to work as a professional philosopher, and this would be another reason to train in these things and to promote training in old philosophy. Old philosophy is, after all, the basis of philosophical thinking, of critical spirit and rational thinking. Even though the antiquity is a niche area, it is the niche from which the greatest spirits issued. That was Kalin Kotze with a report on Anka Vasiliu, who has been awarded the Grand Prize for Philosophy, a Lifetime Achievement, by the French Academy. Now, time to listen to our regular Romanian language lesson with Eugen Nasta. Romania's capital city, Bucharest, has retained its charming 19th century flavor. Despite the great number of new modern glass and steel buildings, that seem to have engulfed a large part of the city. Today we take you to the Anton Pan Memorial House, located somewhere near the Kalarash Road. As usual, we begin with a series of useful words and phrases. Parochie, parish. Modest decorate, modestly decorated. Curte intima, intimate courtyard. Typographie, printing press. Now let us use some of the words and phrases above in meaningful patterns. Anton Pan a fost un poet și un muzician care a trăit în prima jumătate a secolului al XIX-lea. Anton Pan was a poet and a musician who lived in the first half of the 19th century. Casa lui Anton Pan se află în Parohia Bisericii Lucaci. Anton Pan's house lies in the parish of Lucaci Church. Este o casă mică și simplă, modest decorată, cu o curte intimă. It is a small, simple house, modestly decorated, with an intimate courtyard. Anton Pan și-a mutat tipografia una mai degrabă improvizată în propria lui casă. Anton Pan had his printing press removed 
to his own house, a printing press which was rather improvised. Cu ajutorul acelei tipografii, Anton Pan reușește să tipărească cele mai importante lucrări ale sale. With the help of that printing press, Anton Pan succeeded to print his most important works. That's all we have time for in this week's Romanian Without Tears. Thank you all for the interest you take in Romanian culture and for being so keen on learning Romanian with us. Goodbye. La revedere. That was Eugen Nasta with our regular Romanian language lesson. That's all we've had time for today in a Sunday show. We now leave you with Alexandru Andrieș, who will bring you a song entitled It is Snowing. From us, Julia Hau and Diana Vujo, it's goodbye. Focus on Romania. Hello and welcome to All That Jazz with me, Elena Enake. Christmas is around the corner, so in today's edition we'll get in the holiday mood through music, of course. Let's start with Let It Snow, a famous international song, this time performed by the radio big band.
We continue all that jazz with jingle bells performed by radio trombones and the saxophone player Katalin Miller. Next, we will listen to Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, another song in the repertoire of the Radio Trombones, a group created by musician Alexandro Moraro.
We end all that jazz with a song entitled Three Holy Days, a song from the Romanian folklore performed by vocalist Maria Raducanu, accompanied by pianist Mircea Tiberian. Living Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. 
in the spotlight. Welcome everyone in the spotlight to a new edition of our show where we approach topical issues on the local, regional and international agenda. I'm Vlad Palgu. Last week Bucharest hosted the Euro-Atlantic Resilience Forum, an event organized by the Euro-Atlantic Resilience Center in Bucharest, bringing together key decision makers and top experts from NATO, EU and partner countries. Devoted to the Black Sea perspectives in the age of hybrid aggression and disinformation, the forum was designed to pool the visions and perspectives of NATO, EU and the United Nations. According to organizers, inclusiveness and empowerment of NGOs, academia and businesses are key at every step of the process, from the moment a vulnerability is identified until a solution is designed and a policy is implemented. Consequently, the Euro-Atlantic Resilience Forum provides a platform for voicing opinions not just to key lawmakers, but also to various specialists and stakeholders. Over 60 speakers took part in 12 separate panels and side events, addressing the most important areas of resilience as set out in the strategic documents of NATO and the EU. Societal and democratic resilience resilience to emergencies and disasters, resilience to climate change, resilience to emerging and disruptive technologies, resilience of critical infrastructure such as transportation and communications, and continuity of government. You are listening to Radio Romania International. In her address, Paloma Gonzalez, Foreign Service Officer at the U.S. Department of State, underscored the importance of resilience as a collective effort and hailed the forum's agenda, particularly in terms of giving a voice to vulnerable categories that are most exposed to aggression and thus need to build up resilience in particular. Resilience is such a challenging and complex concept that encompasses such a diverse and broad sets of challenges And it's really a pleasure that the forum is able to encompass all of these, from protecting values, to preparing for national disasters, to including diverse voices without the voices of women and those who are most affected by the issues of resilience. We will never come up with the best plan. So I want to really congratulate you on this amazing and comprehensive agenda. I'm also excited that the United States is able to contribute to the conversation. Resilience is a whole-of-government effort. It is a collective endeavor that needs to stretch beyond just the United States borders in order to learn from our partners and our allies, including, most importantly, Romania, who has so much to demonstrate and to lead on this topic. We have a long history, in fact, of partnering with Romania. Many of you may know we are celebrating our 25th anniversary of our U.S.-Romania strategic partnership. 25 years ago, in fact, President Clinton stood in Piazza Universitatsi and proclaimed the Romanian people have won the world's respect for moving so far, so fast, and for believing in yourselves and the future. 
Those words apply so well today. Romania has demonstrated during the Russian invasion of Ukraine just how resilient you have been from effectively managing 2.7 million refugees to fighting off Russian disinformation, coping with cyber attacks, preparing for the unforeseen military scenarios. It has been quite impressive to see Romania's resilience showcased in front of the world. And we will continue, as we have for 25 years, to partner with Romania on resilience, on security, on economic prosperity, and on building our democratic values. Speaking in the opening of the Euro-Atlantic Resilience Forum, General James L. Jones, Executive Chairman Emeritus of the Atlantic Council and former Supreme Allied Commander Europe, addressed the international response to Russia's aggression in Ukraine and the importance of collective security as one of the pillars of Euro-Atlantic resilience. Security and stability on the European continent has been jeopardized for the second time in a decade by a regime whose ambitious actions and atrocities herald back to the darkest time of the previous century. These actions have triggered a resolute response by nation states and the North Atlantic Treaty Organization to expand its membership by two states, activate its defense plans, deploy elements of the NATO's rapid response force, and significantly increase the number of forces at critical locations on the European continent. In this era alone, there is a clear evidence of Mr. Putin's incredible miscalculation on two fronts. One, on the invasion itself, and two, on the underestimation of the capability and capacity of the Russian army. These efforts have also revealed the existence of national critical capabilities gaps and the gravity of addressing and closing these gaps to enable both our collective and national readiness and resilience. Strategic defense reviews informed by the significant defense landscape, changes will now drive even more future defense development initiatives and investments. These investments must be all-encompassing and focus on closing the gaps in critical vulnerabilities such as cybersecurity for critical infrastructure, integration of secure 5G technologies into civilian and military networks, and civil military preparedness. Alex Sherban, founding president of the Euro-Atlantic Council Romania, spoke of the Adrian Arsht Rockefeller Foundation Resilience Center, set up by the Euro-Atlantic Council in 2012, which shares similar values and goals with the Euro-Atlantic Resilience Center in Bucharest. The Atlantic Council promotes constructive leadership and engagement in international affairs based on the Atlantic community's central role in meeting global challenges. Towards this goal, we have created an essential forum for navigating the dramatic economic and political changes defining the 21st century by informing and galvanizing its unique influential network of global leaders. For over a decade, this has been reflected in a new initiative inaugurated in 2012 with the Council's Adrian Arsht Rockefeller Foundation Center for Resilience. 
In a way, it is similar and complementary to what the Romanian Euro-Atlantic Resilience Center is aiming to achieve in Europe and the Black Sea region. ARSHROC is developing and deploying innovative policy, financial, technological, and educational solutions in fighting, for example, climate change, for instance, while bolstering resilience for the most vulnerable among us. Asked how do you define resilience and how critical is resilience in the work of a think tank, our president, Fred Kemp, said, people think resilience is the ability to bounce back, that it's the ability to recover quickly from the world's inevitable shocks and stresses. I think it's the ability to bounce back better. Resilience is crucial in everyday walk of life, and no individual, company, or country can escape stresses and shocks. The question is whether that individual, company, or country is designed not just to survive those stresses and shocks, which is important, but whether one emerges even stronger. We are now called upon today to save our planet and to defend ourselves and our communities against threats to our societies. Our mission is shaping the global future together with partners and allies. For us, Arsh Rock Foundation and the Euro-Atlantic Resilience Center in Romania at their core aim to tackle challenges and threats across the Atlantic community and applying them to a new set of issues of existing natures. And with that, we wrap up today's In the Spotlight. From me, Vlad Palku, it's goodbye. Focus on Romania. Dear friends, Radio Romania International continues its traditional polling of listeners on shortwave, the internet and social media with a new challenge in spite of yet another complicated year. It's been difficult because of the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic and the war waged by Russia against Ukraine, of rocketing prices of energy, the famine in some parts of the world and also the growing inflation which has turned everyday living into a burden for many people around the globe. We would like to ask you which person you think left their imprint on the world in a positive way in 2022. We are preparing to designate, based on your options, the personality of the year 2022 on Radio Romania International. Who could this person be and, more importantly, why? Would it be a public figure or somebody unknown to the larger audience but with a special story? It's up to you to decide as usual. You can send your answers by commenting on our website at rri.ro by email at engl at rri.ro on our Facebook profile on WhatsApp at plus 40744312650 and by fax at 00-2139-0562. We recall that in 2021 we did not have a personality of the year, but people of the year on Radio Romania International as medical workers were designated the world's best citizens for being in the front line against the COVID-19 pandemic, together with those who developed vaccines against COVID-19. The personality of the year 2022 on Radio Romania International will be announced online and in our shows on January the 1st, 2023.
that our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 1800 hours UTC on 7350 kHz in the DRM system and on 9770 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs tomorrow at 1200 hours UTC on 17821470 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at ri.ro channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at ri.ro. Goodbye. <laughs>